ever stop to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners from every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special gratitude goes this week to our listeners in the countries of Australia, Hong Kong, and Barbados, and then the states of Missouri, Rhode Island, and the District of Columbia, and to all of you for helping us reach a new high of 175,000 listeners, because you keep listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, is a top-ranked show here on Voice America, the leader in live internet talk radio. In addition to our amazing guests, I always include a tip of the week, a silver lining story, in the name of an archangel to help you grow and heal personally, professionally, and spiritually. To open up your spiritual awareness and absorb the information in today's show at a higher level of consciousness, I encourage you to say these two sentences out loud or in a whisper with me. I am a peaceful soul. I am a being of light. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Self-empowerment connects you to your limitless higher self, giving you an inner foundation of love, eliminating fear and bringing in peace and joy. Your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine and through that love, you can heal yourself and the planet. For today's topic, your tip is... Open your heart to the divine. The divine is love. Bring this loving presence into yourself by saying, I am love as I am loved. You are love as you are loved. All is love as all is loved. I believe that we are here on earth to grow in love and to help our fellow human beings grow in love by spreading love. If we are made in the image of God and God is love, then we must also be loving beings. Certainly, we face challenges on earth and we have choices to make. What we choose allows us to become more loving or more fearful. Fear creates prejudices, hatred, and a separation from God. The farther we stray from the qualities of the divine, the less connected we are to a loving God. Every moment of every day, we can choose to be more loving or not. Sometimes that means making different choices than our parents did. Just because they had certain fears and prejudices doesn't mean that we have to blindly follow their beliefs. We can choose for ourselves what is right and what is wrong for us. Because we are co-creators with God, we are needed on earth to help create a more loving world than the one we were born into. It's our job to examine our beliefs and determine what makes sense today for us. Everything is constantly changing and we are part of that change process. We can choose to be part of the problem or part of the solution. I hope you choose love. My next workshop is Awakening Your Inner Angelic Light Body, Manifesting Your Reality. Writing New Year's resolutions can be a great way to begin the new year. What we do with those resolutions, however, determines whether we are whether or not they are actually good for us. We start out with great intentions, and within a week or so, we are criticizing ourselves for not following through with our grand plan. We didn't keep to our diet, or we didn't make those phone calls to create new business, or we shouted at someone in a fit of anger. 
Now we've turned our good intentions against ourselves. And before the end of January, we've decided we won't succeed. So there's no point in trying. It doesn't have to be that way. In this workshop, I will take you through a process that will awaken your inner angelic self. This will take your life to a whole new level. You will greatly increase your ability to be of service to yourself and to others, your connection to the divine, and your ability to manifest the reality you want. In addition, you will receive a tremendous amount of support from the angelic realm in a way that you have not been able to previously. Your participation guarantees that a thousand angels will come forward to help you achieve your goals. Please join us for this life-changing opportunity on Saturday, February 22nd at 2 p.m. at the Dallas Meditation Center in Richardson, Texas. For details and registration, go to drpaulajoyce.com or click on the link on this page. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me for individual or group coaching or invite me to give a speech or to present this workshop or another one like the OM Meditation or awakening the divine feminine, choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of uplift your life nourishment of the spirit. This positive approach to life is especially important since 2020 is a year of choice. As Dwan Washington told us in our first show this year, what we choose this year will affect us and the world for the next 20 years. I encourage you to commit to choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. My Choice Show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, joy, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life. And let it go, we open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Dr. David Bentley Hart, who is here to talk about heaven, hell and universal salvation. After Alice Rosen's episode last week on what to expect and how to navigate 2020, focus on cooperation I received this email from Sandy. I'm a fan of your show. You have helped me immensely. And Leo wrote, I was fascinated at how the last four years linked together from a numerological perspective. Given the direction of being cooperative this year for the well-being of all, I am hopeful that this year of twos and four will take us into next year in a positive and joyful trend. Thank you for sharing your knowledge of numerology so we can use this information as we prepare for what lies ahead. Alice explained how 2020 is a big year because the number 22 is a master number. As Leo indicated, Alice talked about how her predictions manifested in the last three years to help us understand how the numerology affects all of us. Understanding what the numbers mean and the energy they create allows us to use that energy in our favor by working with it and not against it. By going with the flow, so to speak, we can create the best year possible for ourselves. As Alice said, this is a year where cooperation is imperative. We also need to watch out for being too sensitive because every number has a shadow side. The good thing is that this year provides an opportunity for you to choose to be less sensitive and develop more inner strength. With determination, hard work, and cooperation, we can build something big together like solving climate change. 
Cooperation carries the energy of the divine feminine. And as we've been seeing, women and young girls are more visible and are having more of an impact on our world. If you miss this show, I encourage you to listen by clicking on the episode link on this page. For more on what to expect this year, please listen to our first show on January 2nd with Dwan Washington, Predictions for 2020 and Beyond, What You Choose Matters. And for more on the Divine Feminine, listen to some of our shows like May 25th, 2017 with Danielle Delsky, Embracing Our Divine Feminine, and November 1st, 2018 with Carly Matamore, Awakening the Lion-Hearted Spiritual Warrior Within. You can hear these shows or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or when you need hope, comfort, or inspiration. Whenever it is, I'm here for you. For added value, read my new blog titled Sleep, A Different Perspective. Here's an excerpt. If you find yourself sleeping really well some nights, but having other nights where you wake up repeatedly, you may be experiencing segmented sleep, which was actually normal until we had artificial light. Our society has made sleep into a problem. We feel guilty and anxious if we don't sleep through the night and get our prescribed eight hours. That creates stress hormones, making it harder to fall back asleep. In desperation, many of us turn to pills, which can create more damage than lack of sleep does. Once you understand that this pattern is normal, it takes away the feeling that there's something wrong with you. To read this blog or any of my others, please go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, or click on the link on this page. Now it's time for my silver lining story. I grew up Jewish in Detroit, Michigan, in a neighborhood where Jews were welcomed. When I moved to Texas at the age of 23, I had a very different experience. I was a public school teacher. My neighbors and co-workers prayed for me because they were sure I was going to hell. They told unkind jokes about Jews. They prayed over the PA system at football games and at school board meetings and had Easter parades during the school day. All of this was completely new to me and very difficult for me to understand. There were no attempts to get to know me or what I believed. I was different didn't belong, and was surely going to hell, period. I felt disrespected and isolated. It even affected my career. I was the first Jew allowed into the administration of that school district, but I was never fully accepted. When things got politically unbearable, I chose to leave. My experiences helped me understand how deep and personal prejudice can be and how it can overshadow the mission of an organization. That this was happening in a public school system made it all the more difficult for me to comprehend. In fact, I don't think I ever fully acknowledged that they didn't see me. What they saw was the illusion their religion had created for them about who I was and what my destiny would be in the afterlife. In the years since I left public education, I have learned a great deal about the spiritual realm and life after death. I have had direct communication with those who have passed on to the other side, and I have been given information from angels about life after death. I have had numerous conversations with people on this show who have had near-death experiences, others who are mediums, and still others who have studied thousands of near-death experiences and communications with those on the other side. Out of all these reports, only one person talked about hell. What she described was that hell only existed in the minds of individuals who were so guilt-ridden that they created their own hell on the other side. As the internationally respected medium James Van Pra said earlier this month on our show, we create our experience in the afterlife through our thoughts. This is another way of saying that if our thoughts are positive, our experience in the afterlife is positive. 
We do continue to grow and learn in heaven. We do have to face who we were on earth and the choices we made that sometimes hurt ourselves or others, but we aren't punished for them. We are lovingly guided to look at ourselves and heal what needs to be healed, to forgive, to make amends, to help those who we harmed or chose not to help, and to grow in love, to do in heaven what we were not able to do on earth. Our guest, Dr. David Bentley Hart, is an Eastern Orthodox scholar of religion, a philosopher, cultural commentator, and a Templeton Fellow at the University of Notre Dame Institute of Advanced Study. His books include The Experience of God, Translation of the New Testament, and That All Shall Be Saved, Heaven, Hell, and Universal Salvation. Dr. Hart earned his BA from the University of Maryland, his Master of Philosophy degree from the University of Cambridge, and his MA and PhD from the University of Virginia. Yale University Press Book News said of Dr. Hart's new book, a stunning reexamination of one of the essential tenets of Christian belief from one of the most provocative and admired writers on religion today. You're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And Mother Teresa said, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. If you believe this while listening to the commercials, go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, to like and recommend us on Facebook. Then friend Paula Joyce, and I'll send uplifting messages between shows and help you be part of the solution. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. Also, read about and register for my new workshop, Awakening Your Inner Angelic Light Body, Manifesting Your Reality, or contact me to schedule one in your area. Your question for today is, do you believe in a loving God? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. David Bentley Hart, who's here to talk about heaven, hell, and universal salvation. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. be the best that you can be dr paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session dissolve hidden barriers to your goals solve your most challenging problems and unleash your inner power visit paulajoyce.com or call dr paula the life doctor at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation whether it's individual or group business or personal attain success with ease mention that you heard this on uplift your life and receive 10 percent off your first service call 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com today Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula at drpaulajoyce.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to help sponsor the show, <clears throat> make a donation or become part of the conversation today, please call 888-346-9141 or email drpaula at drpaulajoyce.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down that you do believe in a loving God. I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. David Bentley Hart, who's here to talk about heaven, hell, and universal salvation. David, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. Um, You've written such an... Well, first of all, you're welcome. And I just want to say that you've written such... An important book, and I know it's very scholarly, um, but I was wondering if you could explain to us um, how you came to this awareness that early Christianity did not talk about eternal hell, but that came later. Well, I mean, it's it's a, a little more complex than that, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, in the early uh, centuries of the church, especially in the East, uh, there was a diversity of views, and in those days, uh, I mean, even as late as the fairly late fourth century, there's a famous saint, Basil the Great, who says the majority of the Christians he knew believed that hell was not eternal, but there is an experience of hell, a purifying. Uh, flame of love, so to speak, but that uh, that it would ultimately come to an end. So it's it's not that there was one teaching that was supplanted years later, but but there was a kind of vagueness. Uh, and in those early centuries, those who believed in universal salvation were, it seems, at their most numerous as a relative ratio of believers. Uh, and they were all, you know, reading the Bible in the original language. I mean, they were reading the New Testament in the original Greek and felt that, that they were reaching uh, their conclusions based on what they found there. So, but, but you came to different conclusions when you translated the original. Yeah, well, I, I came to uh, the same conclusions as those early universalists. I mean, when I... Uh, uh, I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, I was already aware that the New Testament actually does not contain, when, it, when you read it in the Greek especially, the sort of uh, language and uh, imagery of hell that later generations of Christians presume. Uh, even the language of Jesus in the Gospels when he's talking about judgment comes to us filtered through translations from the 16th century and afterwards. That, uh, and, and then we accept that we understand what the language is using is about. So we see the word hell used there for phrases in the original as the Gehenna. And we think we know what that means based on later tradition. But when you actually go back to the original, you don't find uh, anything of the sort. And actually, the, the earliest texts in the New Testament, you know, are the letters of Paul. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um and uh, if you go to the letters of Paul, you find no mention of hell at all, or anything like it. There's only one uh, passage in First Corinthians, it's chapter three, that talks about the fire of judgment. But that's a, it's a fire that doesn't damn anyone to eternal suffering. It it it, it tests the what, what it is. Uh, the way Paul says it is. 
uh, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will declare it, that means the day of judgment, because it's revealed by fire, and the fire will prove what kind of work each person's is. If the work that someone has built endures, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work should be burned away, he then says, he will suffer loss, but he still shall be saved by that fire. Though, you know, as by that fire. Uh, and that's the only sort of fire of judgment the Apostle Paul ever mentions. It's, it's one that saves, either by proving or by reforming uh, our souls. So uh, the image that I got was <clears throat> really like a, um, a cleansing. Fire is also yeah. used to cleanse and for rebirth. Right. What comes after the fire is, uh, is something new and, and reborn. Well, yeah, and, and uh, this is the way this tradition of universalists always thought. I mean, it's not that they denied hell. In fact, you can experience hell in this life. I mean, any, anyone who uh, ever has to be separated from his or her pride or arrogance or cruelty or deceit knows that it's, it's an experience of, of being clean, cleansed, catharsis, if you like. But at the same time, it's painful. You have to give up on your illusions. You have to give up on your pride. Uh, and and for many, say like the great Isaac of Nineveh, the fire of hell is just another name for the love of God, uh, refashioning us in itself. You know that uh, if we reject love of God and the neighbor, the glory of God see, seems to us like a chastisement. It, it afflicts us from without because of the guilt. Uh, that we impose on ourselves, but that, 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 but that, you know, for Isaac, that fire cleanses. It, it reduces us again to a state of innocence, of purity, and while that's a hard and difficult thing, ultimately it's an act of love for the sake of healing. And that's what this tradition, and, and these are fairly prominent figures in Christian history, not just ones like Origen and Evagrius, who may or may not know were, were, weren't granted the title of saints, but, you know, saints of the church, like uh, Gregory of Nyssa or, or St. Isaac of Syria. So uh, it, 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 in the early centuries of the church, it was, very, it was a very powerful and in parts of the Christian world dominant understanding of the faith. So it's not really a punishment. <clears throat> what I'm hearing you say is that we're not talking about punishment. We're talking about um, a, a loving way of helping someone heal and improve and grow and become more loving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's not retributive punishment. If it's punishment in every sense, it's reme- in any sense, it's remedial. Um, you know, in Greek, in very ancient Greek, there were two different words used for punishment. One for retribution, timoria, and another that, according to Aristotle at least, <laughs> meant a punishment that reforms, that heals, that, that, that's meant to remedy. So it's not so much punishment, as it's like the cautery or the surgical scalpel applied um, to a wound. And it's that latter word that's actually used right. in the New Testament. In Matthew 25. I, th- I think that's really beautiful. And I invited you to be on the show because I think this information is so critical because so many people live in constant fear and guilt and worry that they are going to um, live with in, in, in the eternal fires of hell. Um, with constant punishment if they do anything wrong, and also the judgment that they create around other people as well just creates yeah. so much suffering. I think it, it teaches the imagination to become cruel, uh, even, even in good persons. Um, it's, you know, it's not just uh, the uh, people who... who live in fear, um, who uh, <laughs> suffer this mischief. I, I uh, you know, I, I know quite a, a few uh, sort of pious souls who actually don't live in fear. They live in something that uh, I think is, is worse still, 
which is a kind of triumphalist certainty of the uh, damnation of others. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of think of the afterlife as a, as a lottery, and, you know, they're the winners. And in order to be the winners, there have to be ever so many losers. And, and so, I mean, I think that, that the imagery of, of eternal torment corrupts the conscience in that way. Uh, too, and, but but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I think it's also a traumatic notion. I think many children have been brutalized by being raised with this this notion. Uh, but again, I mean, my book is, as you pointed out, is a scholarly work, and a lot of it's a philosophical argument. Um, so I probably don't go as much into that in the book as I ought to. But it is true that it. Um, uh, one of the inspirations of the book, if I can quickly tell you an anecdote, was uh, I have friends who have a child with Asperger's. Um, and I, I know Asperger's children. And if you know anything about the condition, quite often an Asperger's child is someone is is more sensitive to, to uh, troubling stimulus, you know, not just sounds or sights, but also ideas. It doesn't have the emotional defenses quite often in some, you know, and this child uh, during a sermon at about the age of eight had suddenly realized that the priest uh, the, uh, that he was hearing was uh, talking about eternal torment and as the idea sunk in, he went into a panic and he was in a state of depression and panic for weeks until his parents just flatly told him that it was not true, it was a lie. Now, to me, that story in itself was sufficient evidence that there's something horribly defective in the way we think about these things. Because I think the Asperger child, I don't want to use his name because I don't want to give away family, but I, I think his reaction was a sane reaction. And it's precisely because he lacked the sort of emotional defenses that... that uh, many of us are taught to cultivate from a, fairly, from a fairly early age. He saw how horrible the idea was, and his reaction was a morally sane reaction to the story. Uh, and I just found it a bit horrible. I mean, I just, you know, I just think uh, you know, a child like that being subjected to that kind of terror already makes a lie of the claim that many Christians claim to believe that God is a loving Father. I think that story is so beautiful, and um, because it does portray, I mean, it's, it's sad and horrific, but it's beautiful in the sense of it so clearly portrays the damage that is done to everybody who listens to um, that kind of language. And and it seems that, you know, it, it's like um, Rabbi Abraham Heschel, of course, Judaism and the, um, yeah. is my tradition. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, and originally... Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a great, I'm a great lover of Heschel, yeah. I'm Thank sorry, you. Good. And and he no no that's okay. I appreciate that. And it, and he was translated in um the people often um had previously translated a certain phrase as fear of God. And that was often yep. um talked about that we should fear God. And he said the translation, the accurate translation is awe of God. Now talk about yeah. turning something on its head or, and that or, I can or, or understand. Even, no, Go ahead. or the word could also be the word could also be translated as, as reverence or amazement too. The same is true in the Greek, uh to theo, you know, Phos to is often translated as the fear of God and we use in English phobia, we only think either aversion or fear, but actually in the Greek, it has a much wider range, and it can mean awe. It can mean reverence. It can mean even a kind of pious delight. So, I mean, yes, you know. Yes, and, uh, and what it is, see, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> Look, can, can we continue this conversation after the break? We can pick it up. Um, this is 
Absolutely fascinating and so very, very important. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, to sign up for my newsletter. You receive the information on all our shows and the chapter in my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Albert Einstein talked about between sleeping and waking. It was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out creating lasting change and self-empowerment. Now on your paper, write down how it would change your relationships if you believed in universal salvation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. David Bentley Hart, who's here talking about heaven, hell, and universal salvation. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula at drpaulajoyce.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down how it would change your relationships if you believed in universal salvation. Remember to listen at the end of the show today to learn how Archangel Michael can help you. And I'm so glad we're here with Dr. David Bentley Hart talking about heaven, hell, and universal salvation. Um, David, what you're doing is so very important, the information that you're conveying to help people understand more clearly and to live with less mental pain and emotional pain um, through the information that you're sharing, I think is just profound and so important. So I'm very grateful to you. 
And, you know, as, as we were talking about um, just before the break with uh, the difference between awe and, um, and, and fear and also the difference between a cleansing fire, which you talked about earlier, and eternal damnation, there's um, the way we think about these things in, and, and the actual words that get transmitted and translated are so critical. Um, and I was wondering if you would talk with us a, a little bit about why you think people want to believe in a hell. Well, I, you know, I think uh, the, the, there are a variety of answers. Some are, are more innocent than others. Some people uh, don't even really want to believe it, but they want to be faithful to their tradition, and they believe this is what, what the story is, and they think that's what the Bible says or what doctrine is. And they just, they're not going to uh, uh, risk getting it wrong. Others think they need to keep themselves on the straight and narrow. I mean, I, I've known people who think they need, they need, they need the, the sort of scourge of fear, uh, and I think they underestimate themselves in believing that, but that, that's what they think. Some people have suffer from self-hatred, you know, they, they honestly believe that they merit, although I, I don't know how they could have thought this through very clearly, because I, I, we're not talking about murderers and rapists, I mean, just people I know who's, whose crimes are, you know, not even even litigable, let alone prosecutable, but think that they themselves could never merit the love of God, and that, you know, that, that's the tragic thing. But then, there is, and I, I hate to say it, but it's just I've encountered it far too often, there is a, and I hope it's a minority, but there, there is a, a minority of, say, Christians, for whom hell is really good news. Because, I mean, eternal hell, not not the cleansing hell we were talking about, not the fire of divine love reforming and, and re- reconfiguring us, but the, the idea of the eternal tor- torment of the reprobate. And these are the ones who have a deep desire at the end of the day to be proved right when almost everyone else was wrong, to be proved the, the, the winners of the game when every, almost everyone else was a loser. Um... I, I I actually remember two young converts to Catholicism from a kind of fundamentalist evangelicalism to me once talking about universalism when I was teaching at St. Louis University, saying to me, uh, you know, what's the point of being Catholic then? And what he meant was not just what's the point of anything. He, what he meant was very specific. He uh, had found the true faith. And he was talking like, say, somebody, say you grew up, very poor working class, but you, you you worked your way up. You got you got the job. You, you grabbed the brass ring. And now you live in a, an exclusive neighborhood, and you send your kids to uh, a, an exclusive private academy. And then one day you learn, well, actually, the neighborhood's not all that exclusive. Uh, the, the, they welcome all sorts of people in at the last hour, and the, the academy has a generous scholarship program. And you start resenting those people who are getting to live in the neighborhood and send their kids to school without having gone, having worked, you know, having <laughs> gone to the trouble of finding the true faith. And, uh, and that sort of makes your own situation seem to you unimportant or insignificant because how can you be a winner if there aren't a lot of losers, you know? And I have encountered that attitude far too often. It's usually veiled behind pious language, but it, it shows itself at the oddest moments. Some people like the idea of a lot of people going to hell precisely because it makes their immunity to hell all that more special and precious and makes them more important. Um, it's, it's in a way a kind of prejudice, I, I think, is what you're describing. At least that's what I'm well, hearing. It's Yeah, go ahead. Well, there's that too. I mean, there, it, 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 it's, uh, you know... Uh, that that uh, sense that those who are not uh, in the same camp as yourself are in some sense not only wrong, not only defective, but actually merit eternal suffering 
because they're not in that camp. <laughs> and how could that not be a kind of uh, you know, cruel conception? How could that not actually be, I guess you say, a kind of bigotry? Uh, thank you. And and there's we're getting close to the end, so I also, of our time together, which um, is so precious and important, I'm wondering, um, you wrote an article recently uh, that was published in the New York Times, and you talked about the how maybe even intentional control and um, what turns out to be, I think, abuse from the institution of religion with some of the um, the ideas of eternal damnation. Yeah. No, well, I mean, that's sort of obvious, isn't it? And it doesn't have to be premeditated. I don't think that some one, one dark day, a lot of, uh, of, sinister bishops and priests and deacons got together and said, how can we keep this cattle in its pen? You know, let's, let's scare them. Let's scare the hell out of them. Literally. What I mean is that, uh, as, as say the, the church, what became the Catholic and the Orthodox churches, uh, came into existence and became the church of the empire more and more. The, the company of the baptized wasn't just a small group of, convinced converts. It was everyone. It was society as a whole. And suddenly the church became a pillar of institution, an institutional pillar of civic order and social, you know, social uh, peace. And, 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 and in that situation, naturally, the harshest uh, picture became the dominant one because it was the one that conferred the greatest authority and the greatest power of coercion, coercion of the imagination, coercion of the conscience, the, the greatest power to control people. And again, I say, this isn't like, I'm not saying this is a conscious conspiracy. I just think that's the natural way in which institutions evolve when they become powerful. The more powerful they become, the more they tend towards using whatever uh, implements are at their disposal that makes that power stable and perpetual as possible. And and so if we were able to come to a place, we just have one more minute left for this portion of the show, but if we were able to look at the similarities rather than the differences between religions and that we're all really wanting the same thing and that it's really all based in a love of God, um, and would it would change everything, wouldn't it? I, I, well, I like to think so, yes. <laughs> um, of course, also, you know, my field is also religious studies, for instance. I do a lot of work in Asian religion, so... And, uh, and uh, it, is, it is curious to me, uh, among people of goodwill even, uh, how uh, casually they dismiss or how broadly they misunderstand other religious traditions whenever they're trying to uh, speak well of their own tradition. That is, it's not enough for them. To, uh, to to speak as Christians, sometimes I find that they they feel that the only way they can uh, they can promote Christian belief is by say making broad and silly remarks about Hindus or Muslims or Sikhs or Jews or anyone else. This is a terribly destructive way of thinking. And thank you for for all that you're contributing and doing to make this a more loving world and to um, get rid of the illusion and to um, reveal the truth. I'm very grateful to you. And I encourage everyone to purchase um, Dr. Hart's book, That All Shall Be Saved, Heaven, Hell, and Universal Salvation, and also to check out his Facebook page. Thank you so much, Dr. Hart, and thank all of you for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to drpologist.com, like us on Facebook, register for my new workshop, Awakening Your Angelic Like Body, Manifesting Your Reality, read my latest blog, and learn about my services, including 
coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, reading the Akashic records, past life regressions, dream interpretation, or my experiential workshops. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, the archangels, angels, and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their health, wealth, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. Archangel Michael is the Archangel of Justice. Ask for his help daily in addition to whoever else you pray to in order to remove illusion and see the truth. Use your own words or say something like, Archangel Michael, I give you permission in a positive way only to help me see the truth. You can even be more specific and say something like, I give you permission in a positive way only to reveal the truth to me regarding universal salvation. Pay attention to signs, synchronicity, and new information. This is a process, not an event. Trust that he is helping you because he is. And please join us next Thursday right here when Stephanie Redfeather will talk with us about the evolutionary empath. And February 13th when Kat Young will return to talk about essential oils. And on February 20th when Frank Joseph will return to tell us about military encounters with extraterrestrials. This is Dr. Pauly, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Dr. Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Bless you, and have a beautiful week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a positive week.